Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Amy G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, March 31st, 2020, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on the page on page 100, the third paragraph. If you have been successful. Focusing on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thanks to Team Tuesday, Ginger C, Allison L, Nancy P, Tamara C, Catherine M, and our newcomer greeter will be Naomi B, and our host for the second hour, Leslie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, March 30th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 14,337. That's 14337. And for March 30th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 14,339. That's 14339. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Tamara C. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Tamara. Good morning. Tamara C. here in Charleston, South Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service this month. Thank you so much, Tamla. I will now ask for Catherine M. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Catherine. Hi, this is Catherine M. from Lawrence, Kansas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional for our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service this month. Thank you, Catherine. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous we are on page 100, the third paragraph, and I'm going to ask Ginger C. to get us started. Go ahead, Ginger. 
Ginger, are you there? I am. Those mute buttons are getting me again. Good morning, Amy. Mm -hmm. And thank you for your service. This is Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So page 100, if you have been successful in solving your own domestic problems, tell the newcomer's family how that was accomplished. In this way, you can set them on the right track without becoming critical of them. And the story of how you and your wife or husband settled your difficulties is worth any amount of criticism. And, um, you know, back on 15, we have a lot of hope with this paragraph that we read and Bill's story um, because it says, I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere. I have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. You know, and how did that happen? How did that come about? I often start working with some women and um, right off the get-go, they want a divorce and, and their marriage is not working. And that's where we begin. And it's like, well, we're going to stop with that thought. Um, I hear that you're in pain and I empathize with that, but we have clear-cut directions. Let's see what this book can do. Let's get busy. Let's see how we can maybe get better and maybe these domestic situations can get righted. Um, it's first things first. And the most important piece that I share is that with my marriage, with anyone, the most important thing I can do a day at a time is keep my eyes on my own paper. And when I start drifting and swifting and going into your lane, really who is sicker than others? Because I think my mind, again, will convince me that if you would just do it this way, or if you uh, would meet me here or there, you know, I'll be okay. Life will, meet, life will be uh, working in this better way. And it's not, it's not always the case. I mean, all these people can be following my script precisely, exactly, and I'm still miserable. I'm still miserable. So, you know, um, I just try to have uh, my heart partner's happiness uppermost on my thoughts. I try to help meet his needs. I just try to think, how can I be of service to this partner? And most importantly, accept him for who he is. You know, whoever you're dating or married to, they are pretty much who they are. They're not going to change a whole bunch. And can I accept that person exactly how they are today, right here, right now, for who they are? So, um, you know, another great direction, and I love this in Two Wives on page 118, especially when things do get difficult, because they will. We're human beings, and we're going to have arguments. And it says on page 118, this is getting serious. This is the directions I'm supposed to use when maybe it's time to take a separation. So you just let them know this is getting serious. I'm sorry I got disturbed, right, because refrain from pen and tongue. And then let's talk about it later. And then it says... Um, your husband knows he owes you more than sobriety. He wants to make good. You must not expect too much. His ways of thinking and doing are the habits of years. Patience, tolerance, understanding, and love are the watchwords. Show him these things in yourself, and they will be reflected back to you from him. Live and let live is the rule. And then the last thing I just want to share, and I will be quiet is on 450. I just love this part. 
It says, but then as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife or husband, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day in AA, I was told that I had the lenses in my glasses backwards. The courage to do change in the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife or husband's good qualities and watch them grow and grow and grow. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C., for getting us started. Okay, so who would like to share on what we've read? Jackie B. And if you, Nancy T. Hold on, Mom. If you all haven't shared in a couple of days, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, Jackie so B. Jackie, Jackie B. Nancy P. Katie G. Nancy P. Katie G. Who else? Colleen M. Colleen M. I can take a few more. Okay. Well, good group. Jackie B, Nancy P, Katie G, Colleen M. Go ahead, Jackie. Thank you. Um, thank you for your service, everyone. Um, I love this reading because, you know, I'm in a household of addicts. You know, my husband has uh, over 28 years and two other fellowships, but he's also a compulsive leader, not in recovery. I have my 26 years in a way, but I only have almost four years of abstinence uh, doing it the big book way. And it's amazing. You know, when I first was sponsored uh, down the road, I've had other different sponsors. And the biggest turn off was when sponsors told me, you know what? You need to get rid of that fucking guy. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have cursed. But that's exactly what she said. And like a sponsee, I was like, is she right? Am I married to a jerk? The bottom line is I'm grateful I'm married 23 years. He's not perfect, and I'm definitely not perfect. The thing is, is that I work this program. I look at my side. I was able to still make amends to my husband. I still was able to make amends to my daughter. You know, the bottom line is, is, I need to focus on my behaviors and my recovery. And the one thing I, that I say about a sponsor is that we're not supposed to be therapists. We're only supposed to be the witness to the guidance of showing another compulsive overeater what the big book shows us. It has a clear instructions. We follow it, and we are the witness to that person's uh, transformation. And I believe, even in this crisis that we live, I still maintain my sobriety because I only focus on my side of the street, how I speak to my husband, how I say things, 
you know, I realized the other day I said something. I said, you know what? I took you backhanded compliments. I am so sorry. You know, how could that happen? Because I have the clarity today. So I put that out there so that people can understand. If you sponsor, do not judge anybody else's thing. We're not therapists. We do not have a degree in it. And I have a psych degree. We do not tell other people what to do. What we do, we witness by guiding them through steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Nancy P., you're up. Hi, good morning. This is Nancy P. calling in from West Newton, Massachusetts. Thanks for letting me share. Let me just start my timer. So um, I don't know about solving my domestic problems. Um, I mean, marriage is hard. I've managed to stay married, no thanks to me. The wedding wasn't hard, but that's just the one day. Then came all the days after that until today, 32 years in May. So there isn't any problem, including and especially in my marriage, that can't be solved by the steps. It says in the fourth step that we treat all problems the same, like any other problem. Any other problem means any other problem. It doesn't mean any problems except my marriage or only problems about money or the house or the kids. It means any problem. That would include my pro- any problem um, that I run into in my marriage. And as much as I'd like to avoid those problems for fear of rocking a boat, I apply the same principles to the marriage as I do to anything else. I never give my sponsees any other message. Um, I, I have a husband who's an unbelievable guy, way better than I was ever going to end up with if left to my own devices. That you can take to the bank. And I think... He's like the first gift my higher power ever gave me, knowing that I was going to need him to be able to survive my own thinking and the attendant fallout. But he's human. Like, not only can't he read my mind, he won't even try. And it's really aggravating. Um, I learned pretty fast in my marriage, you know, like definitely within the first 15 years, that it didn't matter what kind of storm I was brewing up. My husband has weatherproof thinking. So even though he's a very accepting kind of guy, my marriage wasn't perfect and it was kind of miserable, I think, at least for me. And the question became how to heal it. And the answer from the book hasn't changed either. I use the steps. It says in an earlier paragraph on page 98, to burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in higher power and clean house. And I would maintain that for me, I can stay well doing the same thing. I'm not special. I tell each of my sponsees that they aren't either. If they start at the beginning and do everything it says in the book in the order in which it suggests, then if they follow the directions, they get what is promised. I was told in that first conversation when I was howling with fear and pain and rage about my daughter who was hacking herself up with a razor blade on a daily basis and lighting wooden matches and putting them out on her skin that everything was going to change. I wailed about my marriage in that same talk. I assured I was assured that all of it would be healed and that I was going to be better than okay. It was and I am. I've recovered and and met calamity with serenity in my marriage and throughout my life. I did it in one way only. Everyone can say it with me because I'm the one-trick pony. I surrendered. Surrender, surrender, surrender. It's the only thing I found that works invariably in all circumstances for any problem I've run into. I don't need to talk about my marriage. I'll wrap up. I don't need to talk about my marriage to sponsees or with my husband, come to think of it. I need to treat the marriage with the medicine of the 12 steps daily. It's not one and done either. 
I'll wrap up. I've progressed to the 12th step, but back in the 10th step, I know that my next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness and that this will continue for my lifetime. The marriage is sort of incidental. All of my problems are treated the same way, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Katie G., you're up. Good morning, Amy. Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in Boston. You know, I think that this is the core of our experiences, right? You know, I don't, I don't sit on a pedestal and criticize what's going on in my, um, in my sponsors' lives. I share with them what works for me. And, you know, I have to tell you, coming into these rooms, I was Susie single. I dated a lot. Um, and I, I did get married, thank God. And I don't know how to have relationships. I know how to bring you in, starve you out, puke you up. I don't know how to relate to others. And it was a beacon for me to know that the women having double-digit recovered abstinence telling me, yes, it gets better, and that here's how. This is, this is your beacon. And I have to tell you, over the years, things are changing. And it's not 50-50 in my marriage, and it's not 100%, 100%. It is me, me, me. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean, why am I looking at what effort he's putting in? It is not my business. Right? And so yesterday I had some information at about 9 o'clock, snot nose, messy crying, kind of reactive 10-step information. And I had the privilege of doing a 10-step. And I had the privilege of instead of bringing this information to my, my husband in the middle of his work day, which is what I want to do, right? Like I immediately wanted to crisis it out because those are my skills, right? Like, excuse me, don't you know who I am? Prove to me how important you think I am right now. I was able to do a 10 step. I was able to look at my fear and I was able to move through my day because another recovered woman took my hand and said, it's going to be okay. And another recovered woman said, you're not alone. And I was able to throw myself harder into helping others. And then somehow by God's love and grace, I was a woman of honor, dignity, and grace in my marriage. And I was able to have an open and honest dialogue that was completely rewarded and beyond anything I could have imagined. So I'm not going to sit here and criticize you because when, uh, um, I don't know, like four years ago, I was slamming pots and pans when I wasn't hearing from him via text because he was traveling, right? Because that was the best I could do because I didn't know. I don't know how to relate to people, but, but I'm learning, right? And how do I learn? I, I don't learn from m women are from Mars, men are from Venus or whatever it is. I don't learn from those self-help books. I learn from God and God with skin on and all you teachers, all you women that I call and I say, how do I be a good wife? What does that even mean? And then I have my ideals, right? I have my, my wife ideals and they are changing and they are vital. And today I practice patience, tolerance, kindliness, love, and silence. And this isn't just about my marriage. This is about all my relationships. God, who would you have me be today? Help me not be critical. Help me be honest, open-minded, willing, and silent and open. Um, and with that, I do pass. Thank you so much. Perfect timing. Okay. Colleen M., you're up. Hey, this is Colleen M. Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Go ahead. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for your service. Um, I just had to say something about this paragraph because what it reminds me of is uh, – if I was to tell my sponsors anything, it would be don't do what I did <laughs> because I made a mess of my first marriage getting into recovery. 
um, you know, I could not be happy until my first husband changed everything about himself and gave me everything I wanted. And, and that's just not humanly possible. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of regret about how I treated that marriage and how childish I was and, um, you know, on and on, uh, immature and selfish and self-centered. Um, but today, I have the a gift of a, a new husband and a new life and a, a way of doing it differently. Um, I definitely don't believe that we should be giving our sponsees marital advice. Uh, I have had a lot of people that um, told me when I was at my sickest to give it time. Um, I didn't want to hear that. I wanted immediate answers. Um, I wanted my pain to go away, and I knew it was just this person had to change in order for me to be happy. And then I've had people um, today who um, who would tell me that um, that my husband today needs to do this, that, or the other. I can love my husband today, and it doesn't matter who he is. Um, I accept him, you know, completely. It, it, his he's a he's God's child. It's, it's God's business what he does and doesn't do. Um, I have healthy boundaries around him and myself, and I work on me today. So if I was going to tell my sponsees anything, uh, like it's already been said, is just, you know, look in the mirror and work on you and all of your other problems will, and work the, the 12 steps and uh, with a sponsor, and all of your other problems are going to uh, uh, be relieved and pray, you know. Um, so anyway, I just I just wanted to comment because it really hit me today. It's just I get to treat my ex-husband as a with love love and kindness, and I get to have a relationship with him and appreciate him for who he is, and I don't have any expectations, and that that is a miracle. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Colleen. Okay, just a friendly reminder, we are on page 100, the third paragraph. Who would like to share on what was read? It's awful quiet out there. I'd like to share. It's awesome. Hi, it's Laura W. Leia S. Hi, W. Irene B. I heard... Irene B., I think it was, and Leah F., as in Frank. As in Sam. Leah Roz F., R. sorry. I'm sorry, who was that? Roz R. Roz R., I'm going to need you to count the volume when we get to you. Okay, anybody else? Joni C., Susan H., Joni C., Susan H., all right, let's go with that. I've got Laura W, Leah S, Irene B, Roz R, Johnny C, and Susan H. I don't have time for all of you all. Okay, Laura W, you're up. Please go ahead. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, anorexic, and exercise bulimic in South Jersey. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share on the 7 o'clock meeting. I'm always here, but I rarely have the chance to share. And... um yeah, I love what I heard today. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm supposed to carry the message to help keep myself in recovery. And yes, it is also to help this other suffering compulsive eater. But, um, you know, I share my story here. I, I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a therapist. Um, 
you know, we all have our own domestic problems, most likely. Um, we probably wouldn't be an addict if we didn't. And, and, you know, this is so much more about, it's so much more than just about food and weight uh, for me. My whole life and the lives of others are deeply affected by my disease. And, and when I'm in the disease, I can't see that. All I can see is getting what I want when I want and satisfying my own craving, um, whatever that may be. For me, it was starvation for so many years. Um, you know, but up in the paragraph above, it talks about how it's a period of growth. This is this is a process, not just for the newcomer, but for but for me too, carrying the message. Um, you know, I need to look for gratitude and blessings and everything, and I need to look for progress and and remember that you know this is not an overnight matter for any of us. And I've been told over and over again, and I remind myself this when you know when I'm talking to my husband or when I need to do a tenth step on him or. Um, that this whole process for me, it's really not about the food, the weight, or the exercise. This is about new relationships with old people. And when I focus on that, and um, I love what I heard, you know, when I keep my eyes on my own paper and stay on my own side of the street and don't swerve off to his side of the street or anybody's side of the street, um, I'm able to get through whatever is going on in a much more peaceful way. And, um, again, all I, you know, I repeat everything that I hear from you guys. I, nothing is unique to me, but I, over and over I'm told that um, recovery is the art of being undisturbed. So if I'm able to go through a conversation with my spouse or uh, my teenagers or my mom or my sister without getting disturbed, and it's a difficult, situ- you know, difficult conversation or an uncomfortable conversation, which oftentimes they are, um, I, I know that I'm doing God's will. I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing on a daily basis and working these steps. Um, I live in 10, 11, and 12 every day, and I do 10 steps throughout the day, and I do a formal 11th nightly review every night, and I try to put my head on the pillow um, without having to say, yes, 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 was I resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid, and sometimes it's a great day, and other times it's yes to everything, but... um, you know, this this program and these 12 steps are a way for me to be better today. You know, every morning, every day is a, is a day to do it better than yesterday and um, and carrying the message, and that's what it talks about here, the domestic problems. It's just, you know, this is not a spectator sport. Eventually the whole family gets to play. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah. Please go ahead. Thank you very much. This is Leah S. Recovered in Brooklyn. Uh, New York. Anyway, um, (laughs) uh, what this paragraph tells me is that it reminds me again that this program is an individualized program. It is geared towards me as it is geared towards you. And the following chapters, you know, they have chapters just for wives, just for employers. That's all about relationships and about how these suggestions have helped others. Yes, I can share whatever I have gone through, but heaven knows that marriage is a very, very difficult <laughs> and complicated uh, uh, um, uh, situation to be in and, and to get along and to be able to. And that's what I boil it down to. It's all about relationships. And there's another suggestion that you hand the book over to someone and just because you're just starting out 
in the first uh, couple of steps that your sponsor is taking you through or not taking you through doesn't mean that you cannot learn from all of these individual stories that they have. And each one is very unique in its own. And, and, and these are real stories that happen to people. And 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 you know the truth of the matter is i want to help myself i want to be able to stay stopped and not want to uh, be in the food constantly and all the misery and how do i get myself out of them yes through the steps through the fellowships but this big book has a whole lot of wealth of knowledge of of different situations that that might be able to help you and um, the truth is, it did help me. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leah. Irene D., you're up. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, Irene D., a very gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um <laughs> I like having the instructions, and I love that it says um, don't give any criticism. And I think that they may focus on the word criticism or on the concept and behavior of criticism because of how destructive it is. It's, it's like no good can come out of it, so don't do it. Okay, 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 I get it. So, yeah, um, what comes up for me is um, the worst thing I can do if I want to have a good relationship is to have expectations. And... um, we all know what expectations are, but behind the expectations are all the shoulda, coulda, woulda. And, uh, you know, when you start demanding, you know, you say, you, another word for expectations is demanding. And I don't know how y'all feel when people demand things from you. Um, it's not a good feeling, you know. And the first thing I want to do when somebody demands something of me is, it makes me want to go in the opposite direction, and that's not good. That's not constructive. So um, I'm just glad to to be able to share on this that you know criticism does no one any good. And um, the other day I was talking to a sponsee about something, and she didn't understand why I was talking about it, and it's like. Because right now you're in a position of, you know, a great deal of buildup of human emotion, and I'm just sharing with you what I did. And if you find that helpful, perhaps you can try that. I said, but it's not my role to tell anyone you, you need to do this, that, or the other. That's not my role. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Irene B. R. Rock R. Um, can I be heard? Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, Roz R. from Florida, recovered compulsive overeater. 
Um, unfortunately for me, uh, 36 years ago when I came into the room, uh, I came in and I had come in from a very controlling marriage, a very controlling husband. And Sorry, that's not your timer. Please go ahead. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm looking at my timer. I was like, <laughs> uh, <and laughs> no, I sorry. Did, I, did, I did just the opposite. Um, I, I took this program and I ran with it and it was mine. You know, it was like the first time in my life, like I had something that was mine. And I did cause a lot of chaos. I did cause a lot of um, pain and jealousy of, you know, uh, of me being involved with the program and, you know, being involved with other people and taking the phone. You know, I was, ne- I never shared, you know, and, and yes, that marriage after 20 years ended in a divorce. We are friends today. He still hates, <laughs> he still does not understand or like this program because his second wife also joined OA. It's a vicious cycle. But, but you know what? Um, it's taken me a long time to learn. I had two marriages, two long marriages, and I have been one of those people that has been totally incapable of being honest with myself for so many years until I came into vision five years ago or, or really began to work a program that actually studied this big book. So today I am single and today I have to, uh, you know, I have to work this program and, and live it. And I have, I have, I can't say that I'm thrilled where my life is today, but you know what? I was responsible for that. I brought into my life what I have today. And so as a single woman and as a recovered woman, I look at things different. I trust that, you know, if there's supposed to be a relationship in my life, there will be, but there are many other relationships in my life. And so I practice these principles with my friends, with people in program, with the store clerk, you know, with anyone that comes into, con- that I come into contact with. And, and today with what's going on in this country and in this world, you know, I have to practice it 24 seven because there tends to be a lot of fear. And if it wasn't for these recovery rooms and the, you know, the people that I listen to in the program that, you know, we're so blessed that we, we have this. We can stay grounded with each other. We can know that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. And we don't have to go back into our disease. I mean, if I was in my disease right now, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I'm there for other people. I'm there for my family and everybody's spread around. And the truth is, you know, um, there's a lot of concern in my heart, you know, like, when am I ever going to see my kids again? Am I ever going to be able to hug them again? I can't go there. I have to stay in this day. So for this day, yes, there's no relationship with a significant other, but there are relationships with people in this program, people in the world, um, people like, you know, just you who's leading the meeting today and all the wonderful people that are sharing. So I'm just grateful to be here, to be part of it. And I don't share very often, but I'm really glad. Uh, thank you for your service, and I will stop my time. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you, Ross. Okay, Joni C., you're up. Please go ahead. Hi, hi. this is Joni C. from Minnesota. Um, thank you, Team Thursday, or Tuesday, for your service. Uh I am not married, and I, I've been thinking about how this can relate to me. And the way that I can relate to it is if I uh, share how I uh, became abstinent and with someone rather than criticizing how they're eating or their lifestyle, um, I can I can um just show them the way by by the way that I've um recovered and um 
that is basically what I got out of that. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Johnny. Susan H., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Very grateful to be on the meeting. Um, I kind of laughed when I heard someone mention a new relationship with old people. (laughs) Me and my Mm -hmm. husband joke about being old people together a lot. Um, (laughs) I, I am absolutely blessed by that relationship and by the changes in other relationships that I couldn't have brought on no matter how I tried. And believe me, through a great deal of my 40-some year of marriage, um, I did. I tried. I tried. I expected and I tried. Likewise with my kids. And uh, surrender, which I heard someone mention and that really struck a chord with me, surrender, that I can't change anyone except myself with God's help. Uh, Yeah, the gifts of the changed relationships are one of the most beautiful things I've received in this program. And I hope I can uh, communicate that with my sponsees without being braggy or, yeah, surrender is what brought me to a really better, peaceful relationship. And uh, I'm grateful. And I'm doing my best to share what I've been given. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Susan. Okay, we actually have some time left. So who would like to share on what was read? Vasa O. Kelly S. Tessa Q. Kelly S. Vasa What was that, Kathy Q? Tessa Q. I think I, I think it was Kathy Q. Very good. I think that's all we got. Sherry Kind of a little low here. I've got Vasa O, Kelly S for sure, and then Kathy Q or somebody Q. I don't know. Could you tell me your name? The volume a little low. T E S S A. Tessa. Tessa Q. Okay, got it. And then Sherry B. All right, let's go with that. Vasa O, you're up. Thank you. Can you hear me, Amy? Very well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service, Amy, and I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive over here, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. I give, my, I give my higher power praise for my abstinence and restoring my relationship with my husband and working through the, through the 12 steps. The old me was, my old behavior was before I came to my program, I wanted my husband to make me feel good. I wanted him to fix me, my life, and I thought he had the key for my happiness. How wrong I was, but I didn't even know. That's the way I believe. My belief is changed today. And as a matter of fact, when I lost the weight, 
I was going to go find another husband that was going to make me happy. And I thank God for my sponsor at that time. She said, I'm only qualified to guide you up to my level. I think you should go and get some outside help. She was also a friend of the family, so she knew my husband. She knew my kids. She knew everybody. She didn't want to get involved, and I don't blame her. So I did thank God I went outside to get help. And at that time, I was looking for a counselor because I had made up my mind I was going to leave. I had lost all the weight. I looked wonderful, and I deserved better than that. And I was looking for a counselor that was not going to talk me out of out of what I wanted. I wanted to get divorced. And we did separate for about seven months. I've been married to the same person. It's by the grace of God. God has been restoring me, me, number one, me, and to put the focus on myself. Uh, we've been married 53, 52 years, and I was about you know, in my 50s at that time. So 25 years later, longer than that, whatever. And it is by the grace of God, I have the best husband in the world. I looked around and I love men, but I love men for what they are. They're not, you know, I'm looking for, not looking for somebody to fix me. My husband is the best husband in the world. And I've learned how to appreciate what I thought I had to learn what he had that he gave me, and he is a human being. He couldn't give me everything. Like, I I couldn't fix him. He couldn't fix me. I needed my 12 steps. I needed my higher power. I need you all here for the help, and now I can pass it to others. I can't tell people. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor, but I can share my own experience. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. Kelly S., go ahead. Good morning, guys. Good morning, uh, Amy. Thanks for your service. Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Super glad I got to, on this paragraph. I'm always getting ready for work so I don't get unmuted fast enough. you got to be quick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I just really wanted to share because I have some, feel like I'm slowly getting recovery in this. So um, I've been married to my wife for 20 years. We've been together 24. And I was married to my ex-husband for 17 years before that. So I was I've had a long time of uh, wanting other people to fix me in other ways, too. But probably about six months, I have five years of recovered abstinence now. Um, Probably about six months before I finally got willing to do the work, um, my wife said to me, "Um, I I just feel like you're never happy. I feel like you don't like me. I remember thinking, because I've been around these rooms forever, oh, my God, that sounds like like the Dr. Alcoholic Addict, you know, the wife. You sound like you hate me. And, um, and it made me so sad, but it didn't stop me. I kept eating, kept, you know, practicing my disease. Um, that being said, so fast forward five years of working this program, you know, um, the other day, you know, we don't, life changed all of us, and we've been spending a lot of time together. And uh, we had like several days in a row here, you know, I'm still working, but she said, I've really enjoyed our time together the last few days. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, we actually like each other, and um, our relationship has been so tumultuous. And, you know, when it talks about um, uh, share how we have solved our problems, what I needed to hear, what I still need to hear, is guess what? The relationship problems crop up, just like the 10th step, when these things crop up. 
And, you know, all I would hear, you know, it's like I'd only see thin people. I'd always see happy people. I'd always see people whose relationships were great when I listened to Vision. Everybody's relationships were great. They're all doing so wonderful. Their families are praising them. Well, um, you know, it's taken a long time. You know, it's like it's the hardest. You know, it's called the front door syndrome. I, I seem a lot weller if I walk in my front door, right? And this is where it matters. It tells us in the big book where we practice it at our homes and our occupations. And, you know, it's like I've just been doing the work and having to quit pointing the finger because I kept saying, why do I have to do all the work? How come I have to do this? And, you know, people reminded me how free do I want to be. And it has been a process. And every day, you know, is a new day. And I get a chance to work my program. As long as I remain abstinent, lean into God and do these steps, I have a way. And, and yes, it takes some of us longer than others, right? And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful when I heard those words the other day. And I'm seeing recovery and I'm seeing my, my growth, you know, and I have to remember, as we hear all the time, the, uh, the journey is the destination. I'm never going to get to this, oh, my God, this is a perfect relationship. Because I'm going to tell you guys, every other day, she's perfect to me. And every other day, it's like, why the hell am I married to her? So I'm just doing this one day at a time, but I am seeing the growth, and it's because of this program and my higher power. Thanks, guys. Pass. Amy, there. Okay. Tessa Q, you are up. Tessa Q, are you there? Can you all hear me? Looks like yes, Amy. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I heard Amy. I can hear you. We can hear you. All right, thank you. Yeah. Sherry B., why don't you go ahead, and then we'll try for Tessa again. Go ahead, Sherry. No Sherry, no Tessa? Press star one to unmute. I had said Surrey C, but I don't know if that was. Well, Surrey, Surrey C, please go ahead. I think I got you wrong. Go with it. We'll go with it. Please go ahead. Okay. Fine. Thank you. Um, hi, this is Surrey C, compulsive eater. Um, oh, well, uh, Tell the newcomer how the family how that was accomplished. I am waiting for. I mean that that's what this is today. This share, um, this reading is for me. Um, I'm not in a place where I'm working with others. I'm in a place where I'm accepting others' help of to me, and recognizing that I need to I need to take my own steps to work with others and and with this program and actually take action. I'm at a point in my life where I want everyone to take the action for me, but I can't, I have to take the action myself and I'm scared. I'm so, so scared. Um, as I say that I walk this road of happy destiny, I, I want somebody on the road who's walking it to carry me and to call me and to take the actions I need to take. Um, 
the story of how you and your wife settled your difficulties is worth any amount of criticism. I I share the struggles that I have with my ex-husband right now. Um, and I share it openly and I'm ready for people to tell me all the areas in them and how I'm wrong. And I'm so ready to share it that I'd rather share more of it than hear what experts have to say. And the experts, God has to say right now that my kids are going to stay with my ex-husband um, despite his um, insistence that despite him being against court orders holding my children, my I the experts, God is saying that they are going to stay with him because that's what's best for me somehow. So um, letting go and letting God um, control the situation is is somehow a blessing for me and I am learning to accept that every minute and last night I and it's, it's a minute by minute thing right now as this program is minute by minute and day by day and I need this program because it's my lifeblood right now um, and that's why I'm here at 7 in the morning when all I want to do is curl up in a ball and cry and and this paragraph is a blessing as well and this group is a blessing so that I pass Thank you, Suri. All right, Kessa, if you're there, please go ahead. If not, we have time for one more share, about two minutes worth. Who would like to take us out? Don't be shy. Liz B, you're it. Please go ahead. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is uh, Liz B. from Connecticut, compulsive eater. Um, so I, you know, when I read this, um, solving your own domestic problems, for me, that means I have to be 100% honest in admitting where I'm having problems with my husband. Um, and, you know, I'll find problems everywhere and they won't be the actual real problems. Like I'll just you know, I'll think things are, because things, I'll, I'll, I'll see things as not going my way as a problem instead of realizing that, you know, myself is the real problem that I need to address. And I think for a long time, you know, I, I just wouldn't admit that there was, that there was so much room to grow in the relationship. I would just be like, well, my husband, my husband's great. And if anything's wrong, you know, like, it's all on me and that, and, and I need to fix myself. And I would tell myself that, but I wouldn't actually like it. That wouldn't, I wouldn't take it to heart and I wouldn't actually be working on my own problems. I would still be in my heart. I would still be holding on to some small resentments and, and, you know, laying blame. Um, so just for me that this, this really is a, is a call to being perfectly honest about where are my own problems coming from? Um, and also that, you know, I just have to have humility when I'm sharing my experience. I don't have a lot of experience in marriage. I've only been married two years. Um, and I can only share what I, what's, what's worked for me. Um, and it's, it's inspiration that if I want to be helping others, I really have to be focusing on my, my own issues and, um, making sure that I'm, I'm keeping myself on the straight and narrow so I can share what's 
so I can share what has worked for me and be of service and of use. And I will pass. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for taking us out, Lindy. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, March 31st, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 14,343. That is 14343. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Allison L. please read a vision for you for us? I will. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, 